Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. Well, I am so excited today to be able to have a conversation with Sarah Reckman. She is our guest speaker today, and she is a founder of Wholehearted Mom. Um, I've listened to a couple of her podcasts already, and I have really been enjoying her content and her heart for mothers and women. And she specifically helps moms heal from the impact of stress and burnout so that they can restore balance to their life. And so Sarah, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Can you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, thanks, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here as well. So I am a wife. Um, I'm a mother of two. So my uh, daughters are six and almost nine. Uh, I'm currently in uh, and from Ontario, Canada. I'm a registered social worker. I've been a social worker for over 13 years. And then more recently also became a registered, or I guess not registered, but like a licensed uh, life coach. Yeah. And Currently, I work four days a week in the high schools as a high school counselor, um, but then I also opened up uh, this virtual private practice as I really wanted to have um, that ability to connect with moms, right? Like I connect with right. kids all day, but I really mm-hmm. just had this passion for working moms. Um, and as you mentioned, helping them to heal from the impact of stress and burnout. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. I love like... Um just your heart has not only been a heart to encourage and counsel these students in this age range, which we all know is a tough one to navigate through, especially nowadays, but also being so bold and brave to start um, this, you know, reach and influence to the moms who desperately need it. Just like I shared earlier, you know, myself included and moms all around, even in my circle, know what it's like to deal with stress and burnout and balancing life. And it's, it's hard. We're all trying to navigate through that. So I love that that has been your passion. Um, and so with talking about passion, um, what right now in this season of your life, are you most passionate about and why? Yeah. So I'd probably break that into two different answers. So my first Mm -hmm. answer in terms of work would be, I just have this passion for helping moms to redefine what working mom looks like. There's this, a ton of stuff in social media about being like the hot mess mom, right? Hot Mm -hmm. mess mom culture and this expectation for moms. And I know social media and Pinterest really have a big impact on motherhood. um, I think especially over the last maybe five years. And so I really have this passion for helping moms redefine what motherhood really actually needs to look and feel like. Right. and really helping moms just to realign their motherhood to their own values and vision for what they mm-hmm. see for their motherhood. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say in terms of my passion on the work side. And right. then in my own life, my passion has recently just been living simply, right? Mm-hmm. Finding ways to live simply in terms of minimalism, in terms of belongings, but also in terms of my schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Having more time to spend uh, in nature and God's creation yeah. um, and with my kids and just allowing life to be more intentional. And in order to have time to do that, you need to live more simply. Right. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I even love what you're saying about your, you know, the second half of that, just living life more simple. And, and it's so hard. I feel like nowadays to do that because everything's calling for our attention. There's so much to do so little time. And so would you share like how, 
what are some practical steps or one step that you took to begin simplifying your life so that you can be present so you can enjoy the simple life? Yeah. So the first thing, it sounds so cliche because minimalism is so, it's such a fad right now. But I honestly do believe that that first step was getting rid of a lot of the clutter that's in our homes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much as a social worker, there's so much information and research on how clutter causes stress in our bodies Mm -hmm. and how um, when we have too many things, um, it does cause a stress response uh, in us. And so that first step was really decluttering my space, making things organized, everything has a place, um, really getting rid of uh, excess because the more toys you have, the more clothes you have, the more laundry you have, right? The more mm-hmm. picking up you have to do. And all of that stuff just takes so much time. And yeah. so when you have less of that, mm-hmm. A, it's easier for your kids to join you in caring for those things. And B, it just right. takes way less time to pick up your right. home and tidy your space. I love that. And it's it's even right now in this moment, we're inspiring me. I'm thinking of several different areas in my house and you're right as someone who deals with personally like anxiety from time to time, but also naturally anyone would feel a little bit uncomfortable, anxious around the mess. There's several things in our home too. We're like, we just need to throw it away. And sometimes it's hard to let go, but like you said, scientifically, even in our brain chemistry and our body actually shows that it reduces the stress. So I, I love that. Um, and I think that's a huge encouragement to all the moms that listen, like, Hey, like it really does something for you inwardly when you simplify your life. Um, so awesome. Can you share with us about your journey of, so when you became a new mom and so far along the journey of motherhood, share it. I know I read a little bit about on your pri- uh, profile too, sorry, about like you yourself experiencing anxiety, dealing with that stress. So share with us the beginning stage of how that played out in becoming a new mom and how you began to overcome that and work through it. Yeah. So when I had my second daughter, um, Mm -hmm. I developed postpartum anxiety and Mm -hmm. it was a really tough journey. And especially as a social worker, it's funny now, but it took me a while to realize what all those symptoms were. Um, And so it just felt like a really lonely, stressful period of motherhood. Um, I started to experience a lot of anxiety symptoms. I had intrusive thoughts. Um, which I know is actually common for moms, even if you're not experiencing anxiety, Uh, the amygdala part of our brain is actually bigger as a survival mechanism to take care of our young. And so I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're walking down the stairs and instantly a flash comes through your mind of you, like dropping the baby over the stairs, right? Or 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you feel awful as a mom to have these intrusive thoughts. Um, but it was through this experience that I actually learned they're more common than I thought they were. Yes. Um, so I started having these intrusive thoughts. I started having these, um, just anxious moments where I'd constantly be looking at the door, making sure my doors were locked. Um, right. And it just built uh, constantly checking on the baby when she was sleeping. Um, Mm -hmm. I just felt so trapped in my own home, in my mind. Yeah. Um, and so, one of the big wake up factors for me was I started seeing my daughter, my older daughter, mm-hmm. having some of those symptoms affect her. Exactly. So she kept yeah. saying to me, mommy, why are you always looking at the door? Mm-hmm. Right. And these, that was kind of a big wake up right. call. Like, Oh, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than just me. And I really need to figure out what this is and, wow. and really begin to work towards this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started this healing journey and I think 
one of my beliefs is that there's no cure for mental mm-hmm. health or mental illness, yeah. right? I think it's something mm-hmm. that you just learn to live with. Um, yeah. So I, I like to use the word healing instead because mm-hmm. healing is an ongoing journey, right? There's no, right. There's no end to it. I agree. Um, so to begin this healing journey, I started to use a lot of the cognitive behavior therapy, which is CBT mm-hmm. tools that I learned as a social worker, right? which is around like uh, reframing your thinking mm-hmm. or uh, putting into practice mindfulness strategies, creating healthy coping mechanisms for when those intrusive thoughts do pop in, mm-hmm. um, learning more about your stress response system and how right. the things you experience physically is your body's way of protecting you. And so how to befriend yeah. that system. Mm-hmm. And then a big one was also counseling. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, thank you for sharing that. And I'll, um, I've shared with some of our group too, that for me, after my third baby, I too, just everything that you're saying. Yes. I experienced that after my third baby around six months postpartum, it felt like night and day. And I was like, what happened? There's a switch that went off and the postpartum anxiety journey has been, it was very hard for the first six months. And it felt like one of like in a mental, mentally, one of the darkest periods I felt just all of those intrusive thoughts. And you feel alone, you feel scared of your own thoughts. You feel scared of why can't I stop this and what is going on? And just like what you're sharing, it took me time to learn how to work through it, learn how to, just like you said, to befriend it, learn how to, what works for me to calm myself down, what works for me to get through this, to get these thoughts out, to work through them, to understand the truth and the lies and separate them. And it's a journey. And I will agree too. I almost feel like it's not this, there's not this like perfect cure, but it's like a healing. When I look a couple months ago compared to two years ago, when it started, it's like, Oh, thank God. He has walked me to a different level in this. Do I still feel it? Yes. But I feel like I can definitely cope and manage it way better than I did years ago. And so that's why I just, like I said, when we've connected and when I started even looking at your content and following you, I was like, yes, this is beautiful. This is amazing because it helped me not feel alone. Like I'm not the only one who's dealt with this, gone through this, but I know that so many women that you are able to impact and encourage will now know that they are not alone and they're not crazy for feeling these ways and feeling burnt out and feeling anxiety and stress. Um, and we need to know that, you know, we truly need to know that we can get through this. So, um, Moving on to some other questions. I love all that you're sharing. Tell us this. What has been one of your most rewarding moments as a parent? Yeah. So I think for me, it's these small moments of seeing my girls being the hands and feet of Jesus to others. And mm-hmm. I've, I've spent, I've gone this through this huge journey of trying to work on myself and overcome mm-hmm. that anxiety and live more simply and find ways to be more intentional. So then when I see my girls live out what I've been trying to do in an innocent free way, right. That is just such a rewarding moment, right? When you see all that you've poured into these little beings become something and and Mm -hmm. through their own free will, like through them wanting to love someone or wanting to care for the earth or wanting to, to do whatever they're doing to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like that is just such a rewarding feeling um, as a mom. Yeah, I, that's beautiful. And I, I feel like with our kids too, at their age, uh, like forgetting today, four, three, and two, as they're getting older, it is so cool. Just like you said, to see the things that you're teaching them, but not only teaching them, 
but they see your example. They see how you have worked through these different highs and maybe challenging moments of life. And they're learning how to do their same. They're learning that we're not perfect mothers, but, oh, my mom has overcome this. She is learning how to cope when she's feeling stressed. She takes deep breaths. I notice that. And now I too do that. You know, those little things that they see, that they learn and that, that we teach them. It's so cool how they soak it up. They really yeah. soak it up and begin to implement that. Um, and, you know, recently I've noticed my older, my oldest daughter. So she's four about to turn five this next week. Um, this is kind of a, like a tougher thing to share, but I've noticed that, um, as a little girl, some of the anxiety symptoms that I have experienced, such as these fearful intrusive thoughts, like I know everyone has fears, right? I know that, but there's been a couple instances lately where she shared her thought, you know, as, as an example, you know, um, she had swimming lessons recently for the first time. And she's like, what if I fall in the drain sucks me up? Or what if something happens in the bus? And so those are, you know, kids have little fears, right? But in these moments, I began to realize, oh no, like that sounds like me. I'm sitting there and just look normal. And it's like these worst case scenarios um, that this anxiety brings on going through my head. But so my point is, is lately, as I've noticed some of these things in her little heart and her little mind, I've been able to have such a like compassion for her. Cause I'm like, oh, I know how that feels to have these scary thoughts, but I feel like the tools that I've been able to learn so far in this healing journey, I have been able to have that compassion for her, but even teach her as a four-year-old how to work through them. And lately I've been, whenever she brings up some fears, I'm like, baby, you know what? Let's say this together. I am fearless. And she'll say, I am fearless. I am brave. I am brave. And like, we'll go over these little thoughts and she'll say it with like a trembling voice as she, um, even like was overcoming some nightmares the other night and, and before bed, it's been difficult, but I've noticed like, thank God that God is like, show me how to work through some of these things. So now I can be there and teach our children the things that they're going to experience. And I can't control it all, but I can help her. And so, um, a little, a little side tangent, but, um, you know, I love what you shared about your seeing your children be the light of Jesus and follow those examples, um, in their life. And so what has been one of the biggest struggles you would say in your motherhood? So I think for me, it's been yelling or snapping, like just have that snapping response. And I, I think a big part of that stemmed from the postpartum anxiety. One of the main symptoms that I got was mom rage and it was a new symptom. And I didn't at first realize it was connected to anxiety. Right. Um, But I was trying so hard to be this calm, intentional parent, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of work. Right. And I just felt like I couldn't get through this. I couldn't get through just having this anger response when my kids were frustrating me, right? Like Mm -hmm. your child spills a bowl of milk or drops a cup and it breaks or like those things that they don't have in their control. They're clumsy, they're learning, they're Mm -hmm. developing. And I would just respond with so much anger. And so that was a big thing for me. It was probably the hardest habit to break in that healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that I'm in a much better place today. Um, And I actually created a course on this um, for moms to go through because I realized we don't, we're not taught how to navigate these big emotions, Mm -hmm. especially when these little people know exactly how to push our buttons. And yes, 
and are, are questioning everything we do. And it's a big job to try and co-regulate a little human being. And so I created this course to help other moms figure out how to navigate that without having to go through that period of yelling that I had to go through to then learn how to change those um, responses. Right. And, you know, Yes. I, I love the podcast that I listened to that you, that you shared a couple of them on yelling because it is a hard habit to break. I feel like in my motherhood and dealing with anxiety. And for me, it's the overstimulation that triggers the, the reaction of yelling, the everyone at the same time, I have, I had three under three at some point, right? So I had a one year apart, if that, and all three together yelling, whether they're crying, they're laughing, whatever. Sometimes it was just so much. Yeah. And it also, it almost triggers like, stop, just stop. <laughs> and right after it's like, I am a horrible mom. So it's like this cycle that yelling brings of this reaction and guilt and reaction and guilt. And I love a lot of the tips that you shared on your podcast about that. And I think so many women need that encouragement. And also you sharing that helping us feel not alone. Cause I feel like when we fall into that habit and mm-hmm. reaction, it becomes a habit and you almost feel alone. Like I'm probably like, I've had the thoughts, the only mom who yells, like all of these mom friends, they seem so calm. And so, you know, I'm probably just this horrible yelling monster, but the yeah. truth is, is we all, we all, I'm sure most of us yell at some point, but that's not what we want. We want to have a healthy, peaceful home. Um, And so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I encourage anyone to go check out those podcasts that you shared because they're very helpful and informative and there you can find tips. Um, Go ahead. I was just saying, I think too, like one of the things with yelling is that when we're in that moment of overstimulation and our stress response system is turned on, which is that fight, Mm -hmm. flight, or freeze response, Right. it's already too late, right? In that moment, there's a really good chance you're going to yell because you're in that fight, flight, or freeze response. Mm -hmm. So it's learning that overstimulation is your trigger, right? It's learning what those things are. Maybe it's a strong-willed child who's pushing back. Maybe it's the fact that you're just hungry or tired or your back hurts. Learning to figure out what those triggers are so then you can be preventative in the work that you do. So you know when to go exactly. take a break or walk mm-hmm. away or do some deep breathing. Yeah. Get to that point of having to try not to yell when you're already in that stress state. Yes, exactly. And lately what I've been actively trying to do is when the overstimulation is happening and they're just simply not listening and they're um, strangling each other on the floor and they're going to get hurt, but they don't want to listen. I have to take moments because typically in times past, I'd be like, that's enough. Listen. And I'm like, now what I've been finding myself doing is I just have to literally just be completely quiet and just stand there and take those deep breaths. And it's almost like I'm stopping myself from yelling, but now I'm having to learn, okay, now take that moment, be quiet instead of yelling, but now what's my action plan. And so I'm having to work through now I'm like, okay, I'm learning not to yell, but how do I respond properly to still get them to hopefully listen in these moments without losing my own cool. Um, so I think that's, there's like steps, you know, to kind of overcoming that and finding out what works, but um, yeah. what are some words of encouragement, um, that you can give to a first time mom? So we all know becoming a first time mom is like, we know it's going to be challenging. We know it's going to be beautiful, but there's nothing like just becoming a first time mom. So what are some words of encouragement you can give? Yeah. So I think my first one would be, it's okay to not be okay. And so ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
nobody knows how to be a mom when they're a first time mom, right? There's Mm -hmm. no manual, there's no training. And oftentimes um, our parents before us have, have tried their best, but there's not, we don't teach self-regulation. We don't teach how to cope very well with Mm -hmm. um, the purple, the period of purple crying and a baby screaming in the night. We don't know how to um, trust our intuition, right? Like, and so I think the first thing is to say, it's okay to not know. It's okay to not be okay. And to say, I can't do this in this moment. This is really hard, right? Someone come and take this baby from me so Mm -hmm. I can sleep or shower or have a moment. Um, And then that would lead me to my second one, which is just trust your intuition, Mm -hmm. right? It's, I think as a new mom, and we talked about this uh, when, when I interviewed you for my podcast is Mm -hmm. God gave you that child and he chose you to be that child's mother. And so if you think about animals in the wild, like they just, they just know, they just care for their young. Right. And I think Google and social media and everything that's kind of bombarding us with what we're supposed to do or how it's supposed to look and when you're supposed to give your carrots and when you're not, and all those things, like just really trust your intuition as a mom and figure out what is okay for you, right? Like yes. what, what's, what's um, that kind of gut response saying uh, to you? Yeah. Um, and then the other piece my midwife actually shared with me, and it was so helpful, was it's just a season. Mm-hmm. So each of those periods that you're going through, right? Yes. The sleepless nights, the terrible twos, the three nature, yes. the trying new foods, the whatever it is, it's just a season. Yes. And eventually- you will look back on those moments and miss them. Even the yes. hard ones, yes. right? Like I, I see my sister pacing around with her, uh, with her young baby. And I'm like, oh, I remember those days with the squishy snuggles. Yes. Even those tender moments where you're up in the night rocking your baby and it's just you and that baby, right? And yeah. you're having those tender moments. And as a six, <laughs> a mom with a six and a nine-year-old and now they're talking back and they yes. don't want to <laughs> hang out with you as often. Oh no. Right, you miss, you <laughs> yeah. miss those, those times. And so- when you're in those moments, just trying to be super grateful for those moments, even when they're hard, but then remembering it's just a season, right? Yes. This, this hard moment will end mm-hmm. and, um, and then there'll be another challenge to face, right? And then also yeah. other beautiful moments that come along with that next uh, stage of their journey. Yes. Those were some powerful encouragement. I feel like if I was able to hear that as a first time mom, it would just give me that like reassurance, like, Okay. Number one, you said it's okay to not be okay. Like not feeling the pressure to know what to do in every situation or the pressure to even not ask for help. Like, you know, and I remember those moments of like, I need to just know, and especially like Googling everything. Like, and I love the second point is like, use that gut, um, instinct, that intuition, that discernment, instead of all the different, everyone else, all the voices, influences telling you what to do that is so key. And I just, I hope that anyone who hears this today would just truly trust that God given discernment, because we will get confused with all of the different influences. And I feel like each kid that I had to were so different. They responded to when you began feeding them food differently, when you began weaning them or, um, teaching them potty training, they're all so different. And there's no perfect way besides the discernment that you just feel. Um, and, uh, I just, I just really love what you share. I thought that was powerful. So thank you for that encouragement. First time moms, you've got this. Um, and what are some tips now 
that you can give us as we try to balance motherhood and work life? What are some tips? Yeah. So I think the first thing like balance is kind of my jam. That's kind of my yeah. topic that I love. And that's right. another one I'm passionate about. And it's a big topic. I, mm-hmm. I actually have a whole coaching program on it because I think right. uncovering what balance is and how to get there is, is a, is a big topic, but I will try and give some really practical uh, tips right. for today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the first thing is that you have to understand what you mean by balance. I get asked all the time, is balance really achievable for working moms? Yeah. And I feel like the answer is like, heck yes, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But only if you have the right definition and right. expectations around what balance is. Mm-hmm. There are so many misconceptions out there about working moms achieving or experiencing balance and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And a quote that I found that I love by Rebecca Olson is balance is not found in a perfect schedule, a low stress job, a family friendly company, or a supportive husband. Balance is a feeling. It's literally Mm -hmm. found inside of my body, which means I need to look inside of my body to create it. Yeah. And so when we look at balance in that lens, Mm -hmm. then balance is achievable if we have the right mindset and tools to create that balance. Right. So I would say my first tip would be to get really clear on your vision and your values. Mm. When you're living in in alignment with your values, that's when you're able to experience a feeling of balance and joy, even in the midst of chaos, right? That's when we have the busy schedules and the home demands and the work demands, and we're still Mm -hmm. able to feel grounded and balanced in those moments when we're really clear on what that vision is and those Mm -hmm. values that we're using to help then prioritize things. Right. Yeah. So then uh, tip number two, I would say would be have a plan. Mm -hmm. So whether that's, um, like a weekly meeting. One of the things that I teach in my course is having a weekly staff meeting or prep Mm -hmm. meeting with yourself and your partner. Yeah, And you can include your kids too for some of it because that's your team, right? If you're the mom CEO of your home and hopefully you're a co-CEO with your partner, you're running a business, you're running a family and that family Mm -hmm. has resources like time Mm -hmm. and money that needs to be um, figured out how you're going to allocate those. And you also have a team, right? Your team is your family members. And you need to get things done. You need to take care of your home. You need to figure out schedules and meal planning. And so having a plan of how you're going to tackle those tasks, how you're going to create some physical balance in in your schedule Mm -hmm. is really important. And so one of the things I suggest is this weekly prep meeting where you get this little, um, I have a a free workbook actually on my website and you create a list of like what went well last week. Mm -hmm. What are those things that you have going on this week? How are you going to delegate things? Yeah. Uh, doing a check-in with each family member to say, how, how are things going? Or is there anything that we need to be aware of moving into this week? And just right. creating a plan for how as a team, you're going to move forward and tackle the those tasks of the week ahead. Right. And then tip number three, I would say would be create systems that serve you and your family. So that might be time blocking. That might be using uh, rhythms and anchors. So a rhythm would be um, something that you kind of do over and over again, like a pattern. And then the anchor is something that you do every day to ground it. So Mm. an example might be every time I um, clean up the dishes for lunch, I run down and throw a load of laundry in. Mm. And so then lunch would be the anchor and after lunch would be throwing the laundry in. And then that's how you build your rhythms based on anchors. Um, Or maybe it's habits. Maybe it's breaking down tasks into smaller habits Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love, there's two things that I love about habit creating and that's one making tiny habits so making mm-hmm. things that are small, bite-sized and achievable. And the other one is looking at the habits that you need to create and pairing it with something that you like to do. So it's like, um, need to do plus like to do. So for me, right. I have to make school lunches yeah. and I like to listen to podcasts. So I've mm-hmm. paired those two and I do my podcast listening while I'm making the lunches or right. I have to fold three baskets of laundry and I like watching a certain show that my husband doesn't like watching. So right. I sit and watch this, my show, my half hour show and fold yeah. all the laundry together. Yeah. So I would say those are kind of three way practical tips to start. Yeah. I love those. I feel like they're so creative, um, but yet just like so practical that you can easily implement it. And what I love about your tips too, is that it almost gives this like essence of like, there's no, here's not the step-by-step thing to do, but first find the identity of your family. You know, it's almost like encouraging you to evaluate your own family, get your values, what routines work for you, what things you like and how to create the systems based off of what is our family's purpose, identity values, and then building off of that. So it gives these women and these families the opportunity to not compare to others, not try to mimic others, lifestyle, family routine, and et cetera, but build, build it off of what they feel, you know, deep down is their foundation for their family. And, but I just love those creative tips and I'm thinking of different things because I don't like laundry and, you know, for example, and really making it work for you. And it just really does bring that peace. So I love that. Um, thank you for those tips. So we have, um, just a couple more until we close our time together. Um, but, let me ask you this. We have um, two more. What are three words of advice you can give us to ensure your marriage is healthy and thriving while balancing kids and work life? So we talked about work, motherhood, but for those of us who are married right now, what are some words of advice you can give us? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing is recognizing you're on the same team. Yes. I think learning how to do conflict well is so important in a marriage and mm-hmm. and one that's going to last. And my husband and I, we've been married now for 13 years. And that is one of the things that we established early on in our relationship is we are on the same team. So at the end of mm-hmm. the day, if we're fighting over an imbalance of housework, right? Or we're right. fighting over some how we're parenting the kids or we're fighting over um, somebody needing they're feeling like they need their space and the other person feeling like they're not getting enough space, right. Or they need their time together and recognizing at the end of the day, we're on the same team, right. Mm. We're fighting for the same cause. We're fighting for the same family. And I think that really just helps to diffuse any uh, resentment or disappointment or frustration that you feel towards your partner. Right. Um, Recognize you, you have the same goal in mind. You're just trying to navigate it differently. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's good. Yeah. So my second one, I would say, which is very similar is to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so that might mean having some difficult discussions, but in being on the same team, you need to be on the same page. And Mm -hmm. so that is maybe a discussion around what does sharing responsibilities look like for your Mm -hmm. family? How can you communicate in a way that allows you to be on the same page? And that might also be learning how each other works. Maybe you're introvert, extrovert, 
right? Mm -hmm. Or a thinker versus a feeler, but really understanding how the other person is navigating things so that you can be on the same page and those big Mm -hmm. things that are important, right? Like sharing responsibilities or those pieces, like your values. Where, Where do we place our value in terms of our time, our energy, our money? Right, right. Love that one. Yeah. And then I would say the last one is just have fun. Mm -hmm. You don't want to wake up 20 years from now and not recognize the person sleeping beside you because you were so wrapped up in your kids' lives for 20 years, right? At some Mm -hmm. point, they are going to become adults and they're going to leave the nest. And your spouse is the one that's actually going to do the rest of life of you right by your side. Mm -hmm. And I think as moms, we forget that. We think our kids are everything. Yes. And so we invest everything into our kids in those young years. And then we forget about our marriages and that our kids are going to go off and start their own lives and their own families. And our spouse is the one that we've chosen to do all of life with. And so really taking the time to have fun and invest in that relationship, even if it's something you have to do, like making a tent and having an outdoor movie night because you can't leave the house because you've got kids sleeping, right? But Mm -hmm. really finding ways to connect and do fun things. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband and I actually recently bought this adventure book. It's a couple's adventure book and Uh you scratch off a date and it tells you a date that you have to do. And they're like super random. It might be like finger painting or Uh a movie night outside, or one was baking a pie from scratch, right? You off the screens and, and really focusing on that intentional time together. That is so cool. And I love even just to hear how intentional y'all were even to get that fun book. And that's what truly keeps the marriage thriving and growing and Mm -hmm. fiery. And, you know, having, I love how you said fun and it's easy to overlook the concept of having fun with your spouse when you're so stressed out, when you're so you're going a million miles an hour and trying to really focus on your kids, which as a mother, that's our heart's desire. But that's something I also try to encourage mothers too, is at the end of, just like you said, once our kids leave, it's our husband and I, and, you know, and ourselves still there and what we invest and what we give during the years of raising our children will affect our marriage in a positive or not so great way. And it's so important to remember our husbands were there before these children came from our love and we have to take those moments to invest and make it important. Even when we're so tired, my husband and I through seasons of having newborns back to back to back, you know, that's when we decide to have at home dates, just like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, we would find movies or do, we try to play games. There's times we were playing board board games. We're like, Hey, we said, we're going to do this. We want to we're exhausted, but we want to do this. And we're playing or like, Oh my gosh, this is so much fun, but we're so tired, (laughs) but we're, we had so much fun doing it. And it's easy to kind of make excuses too, to not really invest that time. But each time we have, we just feel that much more connected, you know, and in the midst of your kids crying and yelling and you're stressed out, you just look at each other like, that those moments of connection bring you closer together, you know? And, and so, yes, those were great tips for a thriving marriage in the midst of everything. And Sarah, I've really enjoyed our time together. And I have one last question for you is what is one last thought you can leave with us today? So what is one thing you would like to share with us? I would say, mama, you are enough. And I love Brené Brown's quote. And she says, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone at the end of the day, I am enough. 
And I think that is the biggest question that us as moms Mm -hmm. get stuck on. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? Am I enough for this kid? And that I think that's where mom guilt comes from. And I just, I want moms to know that regardless of what happens or doesn't happen, they are enough. Yes. And that is so true. So beautiful and so simple. And I think every mom needs to hear that. Every mom needs to know they're enough because just like you said, we're all, we are all trying our best and the mom guilt still seeps in when we find some way to find the imperfections, but we are doing our best and we are enough. So, uh, Sarah, I just want to thank you for doing what you do for sharing the message that you share, um, and for taking that leap of faith to begin reaching out and sharing your experience with other moms in an effort to help them find this healing, find this uh, balance and everything. You really are a blessing to other women. So how can we, those that are listening today, connect with you best? Yeah. So I would say there's probably three ways. Uh, The first would be Instagram. So that is where my community is. And that's at the wholehearted.mum. And I share lots of tips and resources on there, as well as a really good place for connection. Um, The wholehearted mom podcast would be the other place. Um, mm-hmm. I love to pour out my heart, um, and share what I've learned along the way, as well as interview other amazing moms who are doing their own journey and learning from them. And then my website is sarahrecommend.com. And that's a place that I house a lot of resources and practical worksheets and tips and strategies, as well as the services I offer. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I encourage y'all to go connect with Sarah today and just enjoy her heart, her stories, and all of the great resources. So thank you for joining us today um, and have a great day, Sarah. Thanks, Lauren. Take care. I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today and until next time.